Welcome to the official podcast for the Society of Urodynamics, Female Pelvic Medicine, and Urogenital Reconstruction. Here you will find podcasts highlighting clinically relevant topics, ongoing SUFU initiatives, SUFU member highlights, and much, much more. Welcome back to the SUFU podcast. I'm your host, Rena Malik, Assistant Professor of Urology at University of Maryland School of Medicine. And I'm here co-hosting with Dr. Fenwa Milhouse of DuPage Medical Group in Chicago, Illinois. Hi. And we are with Dr. Gregory Bales, Professor of Urology at University of Chicago Medicine, who also happens to be our mentor from residency. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So we wanted to know what has SUFU, being a SUFU member, meant for you? Uh, Well, I think SUFU is probably one of the best subspecialty organizations in the AUA. Um, SUFU uh, provides uh, wonderful resources. In addition to the meeting, as you know, the off-site meeting, uh, which is fantastic and which we're at right now, um, SUFU has a whole lot of other resources. They do uh, wonderful jobs in educating residents, and I've been part of those uh, residency courses. So again, I think uh, they do a wonderful job of sort of embracing young people and bringing them into the fold of, uh, of what, uh, what uh, female pelvic medicine is. So speaking of um, embracing young people and bringing them into the field, you've actually launched, I think, about 15 people, uh, residents, into either FPMRS or GERS fellowships who've gone on to, you know, go practice in reconstructive urology. So tell us, what's your secret? Well, I, <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's a nice way to put it. I, I, I've certainly been very fortunate that, uh, including the, the two co-hosts here, I've had such wonderful uh, uh, young people Come, come through the University of Chicago. And I don't think it's really a, a secret. I think I think the, the specialty speaks for itself. I think it continues to evolve, and I think there's a lot of wonderful things we can do for patients, and I think that, that really is what probably resonates the most. Uh, but also, uh, at least for me, I'm in my mid-50s, and someday uh, you too will be in, in, be in that uh, age range, and it really uh, is wonderful continuing to come to work and, and working with young people. and and uh, they can gain some appreciation of uh, the enjoyment I have from the things I do. Uh, that's really nice. And, and urology as a whole, I think, really has, is a specialty where people enjoy what they do and, and really can make a difference in a lot of people's lives. And so I think more than anything, that's what kind of speaks to the, to the specialty and, and gets people excited about, uh, about doing what we do. Are there any lessons or um, memories in particular that you've had um, in with residents that you've uh, learned from residents that you've trained. Well, it, it, it's interesting you you say that. Then, so just right now, I just I just learned how to download podcasts. So it, it's interesting <laughs> as as an older fella, it, uh, I, I I continue to learn from from young people. Again, it's uh, it's it's really of, of all the things I do when I come to work, having the opportunity to work with uh, the young, dynamic residents like like the two of you, uh, really is what makes uh, coming to work special. And I think. Uh, I think, if anything, as I get older and kind of near the end of my career, I think this uh, continues to be sort of the, the best aspect of what I do. And I, I couldn't see leaving and going into a job where I didn't have an opportunity to uh, train and, and try to mentor residents and, and work with young people. So uh, it's great. And uh, again, the, the, the two people who I'm talking to right now, it, it's really nice. It's wonderful seeing you guys and seeing how you guys have blossomed and become fantastic uh, urologists. And, and that really means a lot. 
you know, you always undersell yourself. So I think yes. we can talk a little bit about how you've inspired us. And I'm sure that speaks for all of the people you've trained that you bring an energy and an enthusiasm for what we do or what we now do because of you um, that I've never seen. That it, you, you love it and you bring that joy with you every single day. And it's, it's infectious. And to add, um, now that we are in our niche, we are uh, have our own patients, we're in our roles, you continue to be a very supportive uh, mentor, a go-to person that I know that I can text or I can call and I can ask about difficult cases, um, pick your brain, and you just are continue to be a cheerleader, which I really do appreciate it very, very much. It, it, it is very nice to have that, especially um, from somebody who you spent six years, you know, under um, and learning from. Well, that's awfully nice to say. And, and again, I think you guys, uh, when you finish and then you, you've both done wonderful fellowships and you guys are certainly outstanding uh, young physicians, but... Uh, but sure, I continue to still need to be educated and sometimes talking about some of the cases. It's, it's wonderful that, uh, unfortunately, Rena now is on the East Coast, but, but several people are, are located in the Midwest close to, close to the University of Chicago, and, and you're one of them, uh, Fenwan. So it's nice, that, as, you, as you just pointed out, we can still share some cases, and, and it's very easy for us to uh, uh, still speak to one another. And, and as you know, as I mentioned, we, we've definitely shared a few cases, and that's, again, that's fantastic as well. So uh, what I wanted to ask also is now, you know, obviously you're one of our mentors. Who do you look for? Who do you look to for mentorship at this stage in your career? Well, um, that, that's a great question. I think one of the hardest things, and, and you guys now probably recognize this as, as, as young independent urologists, uh, you, I think, appreciate during your training that you always can, can speak to somebody and, and ultimately you're not 100% responsible, right? You always have an attending on, on, on top of you and that's sort of a little, there's a little bit of a comfort level there. It's a little bit more challenging when you're at, at my stage and you've been around the block a little bit and are a little bit calcified and such. But, uh, but I, I try to come to, you, you mentioned one of the reasons it's, it's so fun to come to this meeting is you can still share ideas with a lot of your contemporaries, a lot of the the folks who I looked to as mentors when I was your age have now moved on and are retired. So, so it's, it's more, I, I guess I speak to a lot of my contemporaries here and people my age, and we can continue to kind of share ideas, and, and that's why it's fun coming to the meeting. So, so those are my mentors, uh, sort of a lot of those mentors are now my age, if you will, but, but, uh, but I also learn from, from young people and learn from, from some of the things I see presented by some of the dynamic young people that, who are part of this organization. When you look back at, you know, your career so far, are you happy kind of with what you, I guess, envisioned for yourself? What has success meant for you? What does it mean for you? Well, these are some tough questions. <laughs> I, uh, so um, it's interesting. As, as, as I've gotten older, uh, we've already discussed how, how much uh, fun and, and I have in, in training and, and working with young people and a lot of the gratitude of, uh, you get from, from being part of that, watching young people like you kind of go through your, your the whole training uh, uh, arena and, and, mm -hmm. and becoming a full-fledged urologist. I keep a, a folder in my office whenever, and maybe you guys saw that once. But so I, uh, I know I, I see I call, this folder. Yeah, I'll have to, <laughs> yeah, we can't show it here on the podcast. Um, it's called a happy letter folder, and uh -huh. I have showed showed it to to a few people. And basically, over the last twenty 
six years that I've been working, when people have written me notes letting me know that uh, I've made a difference in something mm -hmm. we've done surgically, medically, whatever, I've kept it in this folder. And so when I have a bad day and when I have a day where I'm down and I feel like I'm not accomplishing things or perhaps when a patient has a complication, a mm -hmm. surgical complication, I'll pull open that folder and uh, I'll remember a lot of the patients that I've seen and I'll pull out a few of those notes and, and that can sort of uh, help inspire me and mm -hmm. kind of uh, recognize that even when, when there's going to be ebbs and flows and kind of what we do, uh, at the end of the day, I think more often than not, we, we provide a lot of good. And so uh, that's something I use. And so, I don't know, at the stage of you, mm -hmm. where you guys are, you guys maybe want to get a folder too because I'm sure you're beginning to get these notes and stuff. These days, a lot of it's electronic. Yes. Back in the day when I started, it was, it was handwritten notes, so yes. I, was able to, I was able to compile those. I love that. That's I a great that, idea. You definitely need that some days. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, another thing I think um, you do a great job of is you've you built an amazing program in Chicago. There was really no reconstructive urology at University of Chicago when you started, and you built that from the ground up. And I think part of it is because you are great at getting referrals from the community and building those relationships. So could you share a little bit of tips of how you did that and for the younger people who are building practices right now? Uh, sure. I think one thing is, is as, as you guys know, you really have to be, there has to be some mutual respect between the people who refer to you. And, and, and as you guys are well aware, I, I've never been one to be, be critical or, or think that I can do anything better than anybody else. Um, and I think uh, when, you, when you are starting out and, you, and, and some people will rely on your uh, skill set maybe to uh, provide some benefit to a patient who, who the other person maybe isn't comfortable taking care of, reach out to that person and, and try to communicate with those those folks and, and always make it clear that, that you're there to assist the, the, the primary urologist. It's never a question that, that we're, we're better and we're taking over or whatever. And, and I think, again, I think you try to convey that to folks that that really we're all on the same side between the, the urologist who maybe is referring something to you. So I think that that helps, and I think people recognize that you really want to uh, do the right thing, and and uh, if they they won't feel threatened in that in that regard, and and I think you guys will obviously uh, do that as well. You guys are both uh, wonderful individuals who are very articulate and very nice. And um, when I started, I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a cancer specialist at the University of Chicago who who actually, uh, perhaps unfairly, had developed a bit of a reputation for the University of Chicago being a spot where, where patients would go and then never get come back and uh, and I think that was a little bit unfortunate I, th I think that that may not have been an accurate representation of this individual but but I think you can you can sometimes unfairly get get a reputation like that so I think just reaching out to folks uh, being nice and and uh, uh, being diplomatic and and making sure patients can can go back to the doctors knowing that they're um, uh, there's no competition if you will so I think that served me pretty well and and uh, it's interesting, Rena. You mentioned that there really wasn't anything. It's it's very hard sometimes when you are just starting out. Some people prefer to go to a place where there's already two or three other specialists in your field. And I thought about that. And but I actually I, I felt very positive about coming back to the University of Chicago, where there really was nobody was doing urethroplasties, nobody was doing artificial sphincters, uh, very few uh, penile implants were being done, uh, for instance. And and now um, that's a big part of the the practice there. And, and again, folks like you have. Get to, get to reap the benefits of, of those cases. So that has been some uh, certainly rewarding uh, to build up that practice. And, and as you guys know, now we have uh, another specialist, uh, Sarah Farris, is uh, on staff as well, and, and hopefully we can uh, get to the point where we have a third person. So uh, yes, that's, that's, been, that's been somewhat rewarding. 
Being in the community, you know, I work in at DuPage Medical Group, so in Chicago area, I've referred a few patients to you, and you are always so diplomatic, such a gentleman. Oh, um, you know, you, you make sure the patient's understand that you should, you know, go back to see Dr. Milhouse and you'll ask me, is it okay if, you know, if the patient follows up with me or do you mind if the patient follows up with you? And I um, obviously don't mind any of it, but you definitely have that. You, you're a gentleman as far as being a team player in the whole uh, grand scheme of urology. And I think it's important that you mentioned, you know, that if you are in academic setting or if you're in a tertiary center that, you know, you are there for the community, um, your community colleagues is not uh, a rival or um, a superior to them, but uh, as a complementary to them. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, and, and in fact, in, in your in your group, as you know, you guys are, have a, a bunch of wonderful individuals who can can provide what, 99% of everything. And sometimes, sometimes, as you guys both know, and, and Rena now in her job at the University of Maryland, Sometimes one of the reasons patients will get sent into some of the academic centers is just because there's there's additional resources yes. with all the residents and stuff. So it's not necessarily, as you mentioned, anything about a skill set or being necessarily better. It's just that there's a little bit more care because you do have all those uh, uh, trainees that you can rely on. And, and I think sometimes a, a very complicated patient sometimes uh, reaps the benefit of having all those additional resources. Not so much just that you're, you can do something better surgically or not. So... Um, yeah, Agreed. that's true. Agreed. We can we can ask Rena here how it's going at the University of Maryland as she's building her practice and and again you start you're in a place now where some some individuals have left so so you're start having to build a little bit from from the beginning as well right since uh, again yeah. some individuals left the specialty at the University of Maryland. Yeah, I mean it's it's going well and it, it does take some time obviously to go and make those connections in a city where I never was or trained or did any any didn't know any of the urologists, but I'm very fortunate to have great partners who help um, help link me up with the community urologists and the people out in the community. So it's been it's been nice. It's been really nice. I will say the one thing I distinctly remember that you did in residency, and you probably still do, is you always did a personal letter to mm. all your referrers, which I think is a really nice touch um, and really adds that sensation of being close to the person and actually that they cared enough to take the time to you know, do that, because that takes a lot of time at the end of the day to do. I've gotten those letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, nowadays, obviously, so much is done electronically, but... Uh, but you guys know, I, I, I think, yeah, I think there's still something to be gained by you can put a little bit, a little, perhaps a little more of a personal touch into a letter. And I know everybody's, we're, we're all too busy, but um, but I think keeping up that communication is very helpful. And and the other thing, which, which again, you guys just touched on, is sometimes getting out into the community a little bit. And you can get out and, and you guys are, of course, well aware of the fact that we have the Chicago Urologic. And, and that was an opportunity for, for a young guy. When I started, I did a lot of presentations at the university at the uh, Chicago Urologic Society and just got on the executive committee. I was the president of the Chicago Urologic. And so that also afforded me an opportunity to, to, to work with a lot of the, the, the primary care doctors so um, and, and, and primary urologists out in the community. And there's some, as you guys well know, and uh, one of them is right here, there's fantastic people who decide to go into a more private practice setting and, and, and great people who are in academics. So urology, we're very lucky that we have a, it's a wonderful specialty and I think uh, the ability to communicate uh, does serve everyone well, most importantly the patients, and they're the people we should really focus on the most. Absolutely. So I want to say, I want to take the time out to say that 
you were one of the biggest reasons I wanted to go to the University of Chicago when I interviewed. Um, I don't remember what the details of our conversation when you interviewed me, but I just remember being laughing very loud and just having a ball and thinking I can, I could see myself here for six years. You know, I could, you know, residency is hard. It's tough. It's, um, it's scary to think of um, at that level when you're a medical student interviewing, but I just felt so natural and that I could be myself and have fun and that this was going to, we were going to try to learn, but have fun doing it. So, well, as you guys know, the University of Chicago is a kind of a smaller program compared to some programs. There's only eight or nine faculty. And I think finding individuals who are a good fit is, is very important because there's obviously a lot of very talented and, and smart people. But um, but the, the two people on my right and left here are just <laughs> wonderful examples of folks that we were so fortunate to attract and then bring into the mix. And and the residency is, again, it's, it's a challenging time and it's, it's uh, a lot of stress. And so having individuals who I think... Um, are good fits for us is important. It can, it can be hard recognizing who, who is going to kind of be ideal for that role. But, um, but listen, I mean, you guys need to continue to teach me how to, how to find more people like you because <laughs> you're two of my most uh, favorite residents of all time. And, uh, it's really wonderful. You're both so dynamic and, and so smart. And, uh, it's, uh, as I look back over the, the large number of residents I've trained, certainly, um, I'm pleased with everyone, but there's yes. a, a few who stand out and I really enjoy seeing. And, uh, and now, of course, you've gravitated towards female public medicine to some mm -hmm. degree as well. So that's especially nice. So this is, this is a lot of fun. Well, I think I can speak for all of your trainees that we, it was an honor and a privilege to learn from you. And we appreciate you every day. Yes. Every single day in the OR, I think of you. I think of the way you did things, and I still do them the same way. Yes. And, um, and it, was, it was wonderful, and I'm so fortunate to have you as a friend. Agreed. Yeah, yeah it's really nice. And, and at the end of the day, right, we're, we're, uh, we're at this point, we're, we're more than colleagues, and it's not, no longer necessarily a mentor-mentee relationship. Um, we're all friends, and I, I hope we can continue this friendship and continue to see each other and... Uh, I appreciate being given the opportunity to, to participate in this little podcast. I, I, I barely knew what a podcast was. So, uh, and here you but, are. Uh, but here I am. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and again, I, I, I wish you guys continued success in, in your careers. And I'll continue to be watching. I don't know how much longer I'm going to go. But, uh, but, uh, but having, having uh, great people like you in, in the profession uh, speaks volumes to how, uh, how well urologists can continue to do moving into the future. Well, thank you so much. And thanks to Sufu for giving us a chance to reconnect every year. Yes. Uh, this is one of the best parts of the meeting is that we get to reconnect. And thank you to the podcast for letting us have this wonderful conversation. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And um, thank you, Dr. Bales, for being with us today. Thank you. And uh, one final thing. Next year's Sufu meeting, I believe, is in Nashville, Tennessee for the first time. So Yay. I hope we can reconnect in, uh, in Nashville. That's a wonderful spot. And, again, thank you to Sufu. It's really been a, a big part of... Uh, uh, my enjoyment in, in being a urologist and, and again continuing to see folks like you every year is uh, is just part of the, how special it is great thank you Sufu. thank you thanks for listening to today's episode on the sufu podcast be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app we're available on itunes stitcher TuneIn, and soundcloud follow us on twitter with our handle at sufu org where we'll provide real-time updates of our next podcast episode launch and be sure to check us out on our website, www.sufuorg.com.